Hello, this is Kelly Francis with the Double Trouble Podcast. I'm back by popular demand and regular harassment by Dan. (laughs) I did just get an email from a listener who shall remain nameless, but I'll refer to him as a boy named Sue. He should get the joke. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he and his wife are expecting twins and have been listening to the podcast and are enjoying the information, which is encouraging. (laughs) So it's been a long time. The girls just turned 19 months yesterday, and I think the last podcast was right before their first birthday. So it's been forever, and a million things have happened. I remember for a long time I really wanted to talk about what happened at their birthday, so I guess I will. We went over to my parents' house and had like a little party and, you know, nothing big. The girls were both sick with ear infections or something, and so they were both on antibiotics. And Ramsey was just refusing to take these antibiotics for some reason. So I was trying to rock her and settle her down. And then I had the little medicine dispenser. And I was trying to squeeze it in the side of her mouth. And then she'd, or down the back of her throat. And she'd kind of take a drink. And I was kind of tricking her into it. Well, it was taking forever. And it was making me crazy. So finally, I just kind of like squirted it down her throat. (laughs) And she threw up all over me. And it was like her first little kid real throw up, not spit up, not little baby stuff. It was horrible on her birthday. And that began the Ramsey holiday curse. <laughs> um, I think there were three in a row. There was her birthday and then Mother's Day. No, on my birthday something happened. Although I can't remember exactly what happened on my birthday. And then on Mother's Day, we had taken her outside the day before Mother's Day in the yard. We were doing a lot of yard work. This is the theory on what triggered this. She woke up the next morning and like could barely breathe. It was, she sounded like Darth Vader. She was really labored. She had just woken up. It wasn't like she was doing anything. So long story short, we ended up at the hospital. They were calling it asthma, although they won't technically classify it as asthma until it's happened three times. So they gave her steroids like orally and then, um, a nebulizer treatment, which is like when they um, they kind of blow this misty air in your face and it has more steroids in it. My roommate in college actually had cystic fibrosis, so she was always using a nebulizer. and uh, <laughs> So I'm very familiar with them, but I know most people like never even heard of this thing. So now we have that and we keep it at home. We've used it quite a few times since then. They basically say she was having this weird cough the night before it sounded like something was caught in her throat she's just kind of acting weird and the guy was like well that's your trigger anytime she starts with that cough you give her the nebulizer treatment so that's what we do now and it seems to have keeping things at bay and there was one episode over the summer when I went back to the doctor because she was what I thought was the wheezing that's when they get scared the wheezing and I took her in and he's like well she's not wheezing when he listens through the stethoscope but he wrote me a prescription for the steroids anyway and said, for the oral steroids. I mean, I have the stuff that goes in the nebulizer, but that's just not nearly as intense. And he said, well, just keep an eye on it, get a stethoscope, and if it gets worse, give her the, or- the steroids, and if not, then don't. And luckily, it didn't get worse, so I still have it. But I did get a stethoscope, and it does help a lot. Like, you can really tell. Now, the other thing I got was an otoscope, which is what you use to look in their ears because of the ear infections. And um, I can't see a darn thing. <laughs> that 
it was not worth getting. And I read a lot of reviews on Amazon about them, and half the people are like, I can't see anything. And the other half of the people are like, oh, yeah, it's no problem. But I wonder if those people might be trained nurses or something. I just have no idea what I'm looking at. So anyway, along with Ramsey's issues, Ramsey has also been diagnosed as being allergic to eggs, tree nuts, and peanuts. And I had originally thought she was allergic to milk and I had her on soy formula forever when she was a baby and because of all this eczema she had and I got involved at this study down at Johns Hopkins that they were doing with babies who had eczema and milk allergies and they wanted to see like the correlation between that and then ironically what they were really going for is a peanut issue they want to see which kids out of this initial group of babies that have milk allergies and eczema, how many of them develop peanut allergies within the first like five years of age. So I called him up and she's like, yes, you qualify for the study, come down. By the way, the only thing that would disqualify her would be if she's allergic to peanuts. And I was like, oh, no problem. I said, we've never given them any and we haven't seen any reactions, but you know, we have no family history, blah, blah, blah. So then my family took a trip my whole family took a trip to Williamsburg and in the car ride down I was riding with my mom and the girls were in the back and my mom had this trail mix she'd brought with her and the girls were whining so mom's like well can I just give them raisins out of the trail mix to shut them up <laughs> I was like sure no problem so she gave them raisins that shut them up they were happy little clams like a half hour later we get out of the car and Ramsey has broken out around her mouth and I was like that's weird. Now granted, she had eczema at the time, and my mom was like, you're overreacting. This is just a flare-up of the eczema that's been hot in the car. But the first thing that did get through my mind was, well, there were peanuts in this trail mix. Do you think that was it? And my mom was like, no way, no way. We don't have any family history. That's crazy. And I really believed her. I thought I'd be paranoid. <laughs> so anyway, I go in for this testing for the study at Hopkins. And as part of the test, they do all this routine testing, and they tested like 12 things I want to say. Ramsey came up with a positive to cat that she's allergic, a positive to eggs, a positive, a massive positive to peanuts, <laughs> and a positive to tree nuts. They said they don't test them for uh, outdoor allergies at this age because they don't show up. This was like a skin test on their back. And, and this was also before the whole like asthma thing had happened, so he didn't really know about that. Anyway, so they're like, well, she's certainly not eligible for the study now, <laughs> but um, let's talk about this peanut thing. And so this guy that I got involved with through the study, his name is um, Robert Wood, and he's like a big muckety-muck in the allergy world, and I just got lucky to get in with him because of this study. So now he's my allergist, which is awesome. <laughs> so they were asking she'd ever had an exposure, and I said, well, no, not really. However, two weeks ago, <laughs> this thing happened with the trail mix. They're like, Oh, that was definitely an exposure. So then they sent me for blood testing, which was bad. Geez, taking a baby to have blood testing is bad. She Now Dan went back with her, thank God I didn't. And he said like they couldn't get blood from the one vein, and she's screaming. So they're trying to get blood from the other vein, and it was just bad scene. And I'd asked my pediatrician where to take them because um, I'd heard that it wasn't a pleasant thing. And he had a few suggestions, like, there's a little old lady at this place, and he said the place where he went had one person who was very good, but um, they weren't there when we went, long story, anyway. So, 
a little tip, definitely ask where to take the kid because I think that can make all the difference. Anyhow, she had the blood test. We got our numbers back and her numbers indicate like a low level reaction to most of the tree nut stuff. So that's like cashews, uh, pistachios, that kind of stuff. So there's a chance she'll outgrow those. Her egg number was like, the numbers go from zero to I think forever, but I think most people fall in the zero to 100 range. And if it's below like a 0.25, you're technically not allergic, somewhere in there. Um, well, her tree nut numbers were all like 0.7, 0.9, somewhere in there. Her egg was like a two and a half, which is okay. And her peanut was a 32. And they, he said kids under the age of two who have a number higher than 20 have like a 1% chance of outgrowing this allergy. She's likely to be living with it which is just a pain and I feel sad for her. Now she has to run around with this EpiPen and it's not so much of a deal at the moment because the peanut allergies become such an awareness thing. All the preschools are aware of it. All the daycares are aware of it. Nobody gives, you know, church, nobody's giving snacks with peanuts in it or anything. But, you know, as she gets older, the world's going to get more and more dangerous. And I worry about her just testing it just to be ornery, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I get a peanut butter jelly. Let's just see what happens. The good news, though, is that the allergist said that he thinks within the next 10 years, they're going to have an allergy shot-like solution to the peanut allergies. So in theory, there'll be something to give her so she can forcibly outgrow it. It would be awesome. So we'll just see how that works itself out. Allegra, on the other hand, has no eczema, no asthma, no allergies. <laughs> And as far as the eczema is concerned, she still has it. She still battles it. When we cut the eggs out of her diet, that helped a lot, although we had only been giving them to her for a month or two at that point, so it's not like that had been the cause the whole time. I just experiment with lots of different lotions. One that seems to be working at the moment is it's called like Arbon Baby Lotion, which is some snotty lotion that it's kind of like the Tupperware stuff. You have to buy it at a party with a consultant and all that craziness, and a friend of mine had a bottle that she gave me. So I was looking on eBay. I can get it a little cheaper on eBay, but I think I'd rather avoid that hassle if I can. So I'm trying lots of different stuff. Okay, so then the other big news with Ramsey is uh, she broke her arm climbing out of her crib right about at 18 months, I guess. It was like during a nap time, I heard this thud and then a cry and I went in there and she's at the door <laughs> so I'm like, oh obviously you climbed out of your crib and she's crying but she had bitter tongue and I thought oh she just bit her tongue and she's overreacting that's what I thought like oh whatever she's being a baby about it <laughs> and so she settles down in a few minutes we wake up from nap we're playing nothing's going on I called Dan I'm like oh you'll never believe she climbed out of her crib now what are we going to do and by the way she bit her tongue and she was totally overreacting so, like an hour later, I notice Ramsey's crawling around on the couch, and she's like, every time she leans on her right arm, she backs off. I'm like, hmm, that doesn't look right. <laughs> so it kind of felt around her arm, and every time I'd squeeze on her forearm, she'd wince, and uh, it was just obvious. I'd broken many a bone. I was aware of the symptoms. <laughs> so... Then I was like, I called my mom and I'm like, should I take her in? Can I wait till tomorrow? Because it's, at that point, it was like 5.30. It was after doctor's office hours. Like, it was too late to do anything. And my mom's like, take her in. You're crazy. 
so, you know, what if it needs to be said or something and waiting screws it up? And I was like, okay, you're right. So I called the doctor. My doctor happened to be on call that night, which is rare. And he was asking me about it. And he's like, what? She's not crying? And I'm like, no, she's, she's barely acting like anything's wrong. Like I have to, you know, push on it to see that anything's wrong. And he said, then let's wait till tomorrow because with little kids this age, it could be nothing. You could be pushing on a bruise or something. Let's see how she is tomorrow morning. Well, tomorrow morning, she's the same. So I called him. He sends me to the radiologist. The radiologist takes the picture. They come out and get me. And they're like, all kind of nasty to me. And like, you need to talk to your doctor. Oh, and by the way, the x-ray was hell. She had to lay, you know, with her arms straight so they could take the picture. She doesn't even know what you're talking about. She's scared to be in there. I couldn't really hold her because of the way, you know, the picture had to be taken. So they had me holding her down, like her body and her legs. And they had another technician with this clear plastic like stick, I guess for lack of a better word, forcibly holding her arm straight. It was horrible. She was screaming. She was scared. She was like almost hyperventilating. She was screaming. It was really scary. It was bad. Anyway, the doctor gets on the phone and he says, okay, well, you need to come to my office. I'm going to set the bone and then send you to the orthopedic guy. And I said, what? Why? And he said, well, because it's a really nasty break. And all I keep thinking is, why wouldn't I just go straight to the orthopedic guy? Because wouldn't he be the guy to set the bone? Anyway, so I'm like, all right, whatever. So he has me get a copy of the x-rays, go to his office. I pick up the x-rays. I go and pick up Dan on the way because I was freaked. We go to the office. And Dan and I looked at the x-rays before we went in. And we're like, not seeing anything. I'm like, nasty break. I can't even see anything. So we get in there. And he sits us down. He's like, so how's she doing? And I'm like, fine. <laughs> Same as she was doing before. <laughs> and he said, did you see the break on the x-ray? And I'm like, no. We looked at the x-ray and I can't find it. And he's like, what? So he looks at it and he's like, oh, thank God. They told me that it was a torsion break, which is a bad, like, child abuse. We would have, it's like a twisting thing. Like, we would have grabbed her arm and twisted it. And it's not, it turns out it's a, Taurus break so my assumption at the end of all this is that there was just like you know they were over the phone talking and somebody misheard the other person or something anyway uh, so that was just I think that was all about like checking it out and making sure we hadn't hurt the baby so then he's like well yeah I don't need to do anything just go to the orthopedic island okay so we went he says very minor break very typical like of a baby it's actually more of um they called it like um a bend or a wrinkle in the bone because their bones are so much cartilage still. It looked, it was weird. Like, once you point it out, it's like, okay, I can see it. But it, it didn't look like a normal break. And it only took three weeks in a cast, and we're already out again, and she's doing fine. We actually go back in a couple weeks for another x-ray just to make sure everything's okay. But he said she should be fine to fall on it normally at this point, no splint or anything, which is awesome. I was looking, you know, thinking we would be at least six weeks. So then the day she gets the cast off, we come home. They're, they both fall asleep in the car, so I stuck them back in their cribs, or in their beds. We're all in big girl beds now. We switched to, um, we had twin beds that were given to us that are like the this end up bunk beds. And so we have two tops that we're just using as twin beds on the ground. But the tops have slats that go head to feet. So they're almost kind of like big cribs, although they can climb out. And they climb out and they get into everything. So we'd pulled almost everything out of the room, the bookshelf, the rocking chair, 
basically the only thing in there was an organizer in their closet that has their clothes in it and the changing table. Well, I put them in there after getting the cast off. An hour later, I hear this. Wah, wah, go in there and they're up on the changing table. And I don't even, we don't have like a, a store-bought changing table. It was a changing table a friend of mine's brother-in-law made and it's like this huge piece of furniture and I have no idea how they even got up on it. It was really freaky. And I'm like, oh, great. The day you get your cast off, you're going to go pull something like this. So the changing table's not in their room anymore. <laughs> and we, like, cleaned out their guest bedroom. Or we're in the process anyway. And I told Dan, what I want to do is get everything that used to be in their bedroom. The bookshelf, the rocking chair, the <laughs> changing table, and all that stuff. And put it in the second room. And it'll be, like, the baby room annex. <laughs> And Dan goes, you mean it's just going to be a nursery, don't you? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> I guess we could talk about baby proofing. I feel like my whole life is just more baby proofing every single day. They figure out how to get into more things. They get an inch taller and all of a sudden they can reach more things. It's just like like they can reach the top of the counters now. And, um, you know, they can reach into all the drawers. So, like, in the kitchen we have all the cabinet doors on the bottom have locks on them by the way I bought tot locks which are magnetic and seem really cool they're big 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 fat pain to get installed and a friend of mine actually got them installed and can never get them to work and they're really expensive so I bought a set I've never installed them I've pulled them out like three times to try and install them they're really complicated and I've never done it and you have to drill into your furniture and stuff so I've got the little cheapy it was like two bucks for a pack of ten it's just like a little, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a little bar that catches on a hook. And then you push the bar in and then you can release it. They're really, really easy to install. They work really well. The girls can't get past them, so I would recommend those. But anyway, every day they're like into another drawer or like they've discovered the other day that they could get into my desk drawers and pull out stuff like post-it notes. You know, they love to destroy but they hadn't figured out the desk before, so it was like safe. Well, now it's not safe anymore. <laughs> and I've got that super yard that um, it kind of goes between being a gate <laughs> that cuts off their playroom to half the size, or if I want to let them have more room to run around, they can run all the way into our kitchen area, but I use the gate to gate off my desk. And my mom thinks that's really funny because, <laughs> like, I'm in the playpen. <laughs> so what else? We have... The little electric plug stoppers everywhere, of course. And it's funny because I've always thought they were crazy. Like, what, the kids really going to stick their finger in it? Like, their finger's too fat for that. But Ramsey did get shocked one day. But it was because she pulled, there was an electric cord plugged into the wall. And she got it, like, halfway out. And then, I suppose, touched the metal prongs. Which, that's what I would always think would be the issue. And there are things you can buy for that, but that's like crazy because it's hard to get things plugged in and out. That's, that's a whole nother level of baby proofing that I don't know. Maybe I'll get convinced. Of course, now she's had the shock and she survived, so I don't know. And then we also have doorknob, the doorknob things on, which are so bad. And it, I haven't found one that's good at all. They're really hard to use for adults. <laughs> but they figured out how to... Okay, let me say this. The back door was open one day, and they were both standing there, like, looking out of it. 
And that door isn't great about shutting, so it could be that it wasn't actually shut all the way, although I'd been in there earlier in the day and it was shut, so I don't know if they got it open or just kind of was already open, but now I'm paranoid about it, so they have the little doorknobs everywhere, but that's just made our life very annoying. <laughs> okay, so their schedule now is we get up around 7, 7.30, have breakfast, and they eat, usually they eat Cheerios, milk, banana, some kind of fruit usually, pears, they like pears. And what I started doing with the milk is mixing it half with yogurt, half with milk, and it's kind of like a little like milkshake. They really like them, and I figured it's good because they're getting some yogurt in there. Then, in, you know, what we do in the morning varies from day to day. I am still going to the Y, and I go to the Y three days a week, so three days a week we go to the Y, they do the Y playroom, they love it there. And then we come home, usually we have lunch. This is what I'm trying to do. We've dropped two naps pretty much. Ramsey could still get two naps. Allegra does not want two naps, so I'm trying to drop the two. Ramsey's usually ready to go down at like 11, but if I let that happen, Allegra won't sleep. She keeps Ramsey up. No nap occurs. So I've been trying to push it to later, like 12.30 or 1, and then usually they'll sleep for a good two hours. But it depends on the day. We're definitely in a transition time right now. And then they eat again when they get up from nap, and then we eat dinner. So we're, we're roughly at five meals a day. There's usually a snack or two in there of some goldfish or Cheerios or something. Um, they eat basically all people food now. They don't eat anything too terribly exciting. Like most of it is just plain green beans. Usually if we make something like um, like a stir fry or something where the vegetables are mixed up, maybe there's a little sauce or something, they'll like it the first time you give it to them because it's something new. But if you try and give them leftovers, forget it. They're like, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> they really like ketchup. So especially like if you give them green beans, if they can just dip it in ketchup, they're happy. Um, or carrots. Last night, like I was eating pasta. It was just plain pasta with nothing on it. She was dipping in ketchup happy. <laughs> they're pretty good eaters. They pretty much eat asparagus, green beans, peas, any kind of fruit I could throw at them. Carrots chicken and beef, ham, hot dogs, cheese, good grief, give them cheese anything, the cereal, goldfish, they pretty much will eat anything I give them, cottage cheese, but they get very bored, they want it in different, what happened, you got stuck, can you help her, Ramsey? So we also have taken them to McDonald's a few times, <laughs> McDonald's is actually a peanut-free place. The only thing I think they have is peanuts on their Sundays, but they come in a sealed plastic pack, and the McDonald's workers are not allowed to open them, so that effectively keeps the kitchen peanut-free. And, well, what they say is that you have to be really careful when you go out because, first of all, lots of places use peanut oil to fry their food, which is technically okay, actually. Go figure. But... Some of the peanut oil is not okay, and they said, you know, like really are you going to trust your server to know the right information because half the people don't care. And then the other problem is cross-contamination where let's say if you go specifically to a bakery or an ice cream shop where they cooked a batch of peanut butter cookies on a tray, if they didn't wash the tray thoroughly before they cooked a batch of 
sugar cookies on it, then those sugar cookies could be contaminated with peanuts and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically they tell you don't let her eat at places like that, which is just terrible. I feel very bad for her. I really hope that, that there is some solution. So at least she doesn't really going to remember this whole period of her life. But anyway, McDonald's is peanut free. <laughs> so we take them and we give them chicken nuggets and fries. And that kind of goes okay. You'd think... I always think, oh, they'll love this because I love this. <laughs> they never love anything that's new. <laughs> they're like, ew, what is this? So they're kind of like getting into it. They like dipping things. So if we get them sauce, they like to dip or in ketchup or whatever. So then they go to bed around 7.30. We usually do bath at night right before that. That's pretty much their day now. They're pretty good at sleeping. Allegra... She used to cry every night when we put her to bed for a long time, for like six months, just for, you know, a few minutes to protest. I think she's finally gotten over that. I think maybe the transition of the bed shook her free of it. But for the first couple weeks of the bed, she was waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning and fussing. You go in there, you tuck her back down and leave, and that would be it. But I'm like, really? I have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning for this 30-second exercise? (laughs) Um, she hasn't done it the past couple days, so I'm hoping we're over that. What else? So, I thought I'd talk about the baby gear that we use now. The things that I like. We're still using the Ocean Wonders Aquariums. They're awesome. (laughs) So, I think I talked before about our strollers. But, right now, we have a jogging stroller that I'd say we use most of the time now. I really like it. It's very versatile. It's very comfortable for them. The only problem is it's a little bit big. Like we went to the fair and it was a little bit wide to get into some of the doors. So there's just a slight downside to it, but I really like it. We have, I'll put a link to the stroller on the website. It's, I don't remember the brand name, but it's called like the Safari TT. And the best thing is it's got the front wheel can lock straight so when you use it as a jogging stroller it locks straight but then it can also swivel just like a regular stroller that's what makes it really usable in the real world it's nice and we also have a combi um, side by side that I like it's much more compact it's much easier to travel with but it's not as smooth of a ride as the jogging stroller is I also got another combi off eBay for like nothing like it might have been 40 bucks including shipping there was this great stroller I really thought it was going to be really great it's this twin stroller where the seat in the front they're both there it's a front back stroller instead of a side by side but the front seat turns around so the kids can face each other or they can both face out it's awesome. The facing each other was a big deal for a while. Like that really kept them quiet in stores because they could play with each other. The problem with it was it was really hard to turn. It was the wheels were stiff or something. But it was used and I don't know if that was because the people who had it before didn't take care of it or if that was part of the design. I don't know. I would have liked it a lot more if um, it were easy to turn. So I haven't used that one in a while. And then we also have an umbrella stroller. We never use that. We always thought, oh, we'll split up the girls and use it. We never use it. We never really use strollers much anymore at all anyway. We use the little carts at Home Depot or whatever that the kids can sit in. 
Because really, if you're going to do any shopping, you can't be bringing a stroller if you're doing it by yourself because you need a cart. <laughs> and then they walk a lot now, too. I mean, they walk everywhere they go. They run everywhere. They'd prefer to be walking. I can't really, like, go into Walmart with them walking around because that's a nightmare. But sometimes they do it. Especially I'll do one kid in the cart and then the other kid can run around. But, you know, that kid is usually Ramsey and she doesn't want to stay near me. And, 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 and. I just going shopping with them is really difficult. You get a very limited period of time. I always bring snacks to try and keep them happy, but it's like 15 minutes and it's over. <laughs> you better be done. So what else? We have a wagon now that we take them out in the neighborhood, but we used to take them on walks like every night during the summer last year. We've gone on like three walks this summer. Every time we go, the girls scream. They scream to get out and walk. And then they walk five steps and they fall down and they scrape their knee and then they cry and then they don't want to do anything. They don't want to be held. They don't want to be in the wagon. They don't want to walk. They just, it's just not going well, <laughs> which is really annoying, especially because we bought this wagon so we could go on all these walks. I mean, I'm sure we'll get tons of use on it, out of it in the future, but still. And then we also got some of those little cozy coupe cars, you know, the little red and white ones, or the red and yellow ones. They were hand-me-downs from my neighbor friend with twins, and they love those. It took them a while. Like, they're right now, maybe the past two months, they've really gotten to be big enough and good enough with their legs that they can really use them. But they really like them. They're cool. And, like, the little neighbor kid came over the other day. He was all in it. He was loving it. That's fun. So we've got the garage kind of cleaned out. They can scoot around the garage. They can scoot around the driveway. And we also have these little uh, folding chairs that we got from Dan's sister. That They're like um, beach chairs, kind of, for the kids. They love sitting on those stupid things. <laughs> Every time we go out there to play, they take them off the rack and they hand them to me to open them up so they can sit on them. <laughs> it's cute other cool toys we just got two of these things called for real pets and they had one they were advertising at Christmas on TV that was a horse and it was like 400 bucks <laughs> but it was big enough for like a four-year-old to ride and it walked and it neighed at you and the head moved around the eyes blinked and it ate a carrot and all kinds of craziness well we got the little $12 versions of these that <laughs> was a newborn kitten and a newborn piglet and you pet the back of it and the kitten meows and opens its eyes that's the coolest thing little eyes open it scooches its head around and if you pet it long enough it'll start to purr <laughs> and the little pig like stands up and stretches its legs and then it moves its snout and starts oinking <laughs> and like her it's always going <laughs> like mimicking it it's very funny they're the coolest little pets, and they've really been into them. I thought they would be like a novelty, but they've really, it's been a favorite for a couple of weeks now. And we got them because Dan took them over to his mom's, and his mom had a kitten there they were trying to give away, and Dan's all trying to tell me how much Ramsey loved this kitten, and it was so great. I'm like, you know, she's technically allergic to cats. <laughs> the allergist confirmed it. And he was like, oh, so this was my cat replacement. <laughs> Look, Ramsey's playing with it, or Allegra's playing with it right now. You can hear Going, <laughs> what else do we have? I just bought the baby leap pad. It's way too advanced. Don't waste your money. It says age 6 to 36 months. They're 19 months. They don't get it. Well, they kind of get it. Like the one book 
was one of the pages was a baby face and it says you know first of all there's like this complicated key sequence to get the game started which there's no way a child is going to figure out at least not without a lot of practice and then it says like point to the baby's nose and so you're supposed to touch it because there's you know a sensor on the pad underneath of the book and that's how it knows if you got it right well Ramsey will point to the baby's nose but she won't touch the book do you know what I mean so I have to like push her finger down she's not getting it and I'm like it's just not not for this age anyway I would say maybe an older kid I did go and look online um, because like the leap pad was 30 bucks the games are like 10 or 12 bucks each additional I went online and I found another leap pad plus five games for 30 bucks including shipping so I got it and I figure, you know, hopefully six months from now they'll be into it. And then we'll have two, and it's cheap. But if you're looking for one, get it on eBay. <laughs> we actually have the Leap Pads. There's, like, the next step up, which is, I guess, age three. And then the next step up from that, which is age, like, five or six. That were hand-me-downs from Dan's sister. And they each came with a whole bunch of books. I mean, it's <laughs> a ton of stuff. So we have the next, the next levels, but... I thought we'd try it. I'm just not impressed with the level. It's too complicated. Okay, so the things they like. They, I got them these soft blocks. I think they were made by parents. I got them at Target for like nothing, for 10 bucks or something. Um, like a long time ago. I think it was rated a nine-month toy, and I think I got it early. Maybe they were six months old. They are playing with them more now. I mean, they played with them then as you know, just like a soft block, but now they can stack them up, and I was playing with Ramsey one day, and I was stacking them up, and she was knocking them down on the floor, and Allegra thought that was just hilarious, and so we did it over and over and over and over again, and then I got bored <laughs> and backed off, and then Ramsey started stacking them up, and Allegra would knock them down, and Allegra would stack them up, and Ramsey would knock them down. It was pretty funny. <laughs> They're a little into the sorting blocks, you know, the little, it's like a bucket with different shapes, a star shape and a square shape, and you could put the different shape pieces in. We've got a couple of those. They're kind of into them. They kind of half the time they lift the lid off and just dump them all in on the inside anyway. <laughs> but what they're really into is puzzles. We got a couple of the puzzles that have like big chunky blocks that's just like a cat shape and it fits in a cat shape hole. You know, they don't like interlock with each other. And a couple of them have the little pegs. They, they're really good at them. I was surprised. They, especially Ramsey, she just picked it up really quickly and you give her a piece and she knows exactly where the piece is supposed to go. She doesn't have to like try all the different holes. And the interesting difference between the two girls is that Allegra is at that point too now where she picks up the piece and she knows which hole it's supposed to go into. But she gets frustrated very quickly with trying to maneuver the piece into the spot. Ramsey will sit there for 30 seconds and twist it and get it to fit. Allegra will not. And even now, she knows the pieces that are more difficult, and she just sticks in there. She doesn't even make a, an attempt. It's interesting. Like, see how that plays out in the future. And then what else? They love crayons and coloring, which is a recent thing. Maybe the past month or so, they've really gotten into that. I mean, I've been trying it for a while, and they've kind of been okay, but now... If I say you want to color, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sit down at the table and they'll actually color. We've had a couple incidents with coloring on things, but they generally like will color on the paper and 
are into it. I also got Aquadoodle, which is like, I got two things. The one is a big mat that you use these pens, and the pen is a loose word. It's just like a pen thing that you fill with water, and then it has the little wick to the tip, so it's just water. And you draw with the water on the pad, and then the color comes through. So the pad is like white, and it draws blue. And then within a couple minutes, it dries again, so you can draw on it again. It's cool. And then I also got, they make these little coloring sheets that are probably half the size of a regular piece of paper. And they have like a whole picture. So the ones I got were Sesame Street, and they have this whole Sesame Street image underneath. And you color with the water pen, and the whole thing comes alive. It's really cool. It's kind of like the next generation of those car ride games. Do you ever remember you had those games? They came with a special marker. And as you colored over the page, like this gray line would appear and the image would show up. This is like way cooler, but same idea. And I got the little coloring sheets because I'm going to Florida with the girls in a month. And I'm flying with them by myself, which is crazy. <laughs> so I'm trying to like hoard up all these tiny things that they can play with on the airplane. And I'm hoping that will work well. Because I'll probably bring crayons, but I figure crayons are going to be messed, and we're going to have to really like watch them with it. But with that, at least, they, they can't get it everywhere. And the last thing is their kitchen set. I bought a kitchen set for them at a yard sale. Oh, this is great. We had a community yard sale, and this one woman was getting rid of this huge Fisher-Price kitchen set. It's big. It's got a fridge and an oven and a microwave and a cabinet underneath the sink. And the microwave, when you open the door, it goes ding. <laughs> and there's a telephone. And then in the fridge is an ice maker. And there's this little like cube of ice that you put on the inside. And then you press the lever on the ice maker on the outside and the ice comes out. It's very cool. <laughs> So I got that for 30 bucks, and I'm sure that was, you know, a $130 item when you originally bought it. And then I also got them from the same people, a Power Wheels Barbie Jeep. So cool. I got that for 30 bucks too. They're really expensive. They're like 200 bucks. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're too young for it yet because you have to be able to like press the gas. I mean, it's got like a battery in it and it goes. <laughs> so they sit in it and Dan will kind of push them around in it, but they're not we're probably a couple years off from actually using it. My nephew came over, he's four, and he got in it, and he pushed the gas, and I didn't see it when it happened, but my um, brother-in-law said he kind of got scared, like it went too fast. <laughs> and then I just saw the neighbor, and she's like, oh, I just found all these decals for the Barbie Jeep. There's like pages and pages of these glittery stickers and stuff she gave me to put on the Barbie Jeep. It's so cool. So anyway, the kitchen set, they love the kitchen set. That's like a fixture in the playroom now, and we have, like, it came with a bunch of dishes and little plastic food and stuff, and we have a little plastic tea set that they play with it. But they just pretty much take, like, the spoons and a cup, let's say, and then they stir in it, and they walk around, and then they'll pretend to sip out of the cup. They'll bring the little teapot over, pretend to sip out of the teapot. It's cute. <laughs> Allegra learned the word no yesterday. I think that's what she's saying, if you can hear her. She's looking at Ramsey. She's holding this ball. She's looking at Ramsey and going, no, and shaking her head. <laughs> They're kind of cool now. They definitely are communicating with each other. They're trying to communicate it with us. They're not speaking too terribly much. Ramsey's really trying. She's trying to repeat words now. But like last night, she was trying to say arm, and she was saying, ar She kept using a W instead of an M. I don't think she has the M sound very well.
She never says mommy. She's, she just said daddy. She always says daddy when I ask her to say mommy. She says daddy when she's instead of bye a lot, which is funny. They just, you know, they talk a lot, but they don't use formal English words a lot. And they say that twins tend to have delayed speech because they do the twin speak thing and they talk back and forth to each other and kind of make up their own little language. And I was reading about it. It's not really a language. It's more a mispronunciation of words that they both understand. And so they encourage each other's bad habits. And Ramsey's first word was down and pretty much so much so was Allegra's to get out of the high chair. And Ramsey, well, they both said it very clear, down, 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 down. And then Allegra was getting up for a long time, up, 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 if she wanted to be picked up. Well, Ramsey would only use the word down to mean both. There's Allegra saying up. <laughs> but Allegra dropped the up for a long time because Ramsey only used down, so Allegra only used down. And then Allegra's turned into bound with a B instead of a D for a long time. She's just now starting to get the D back. And then Ramsey picked up the bound thing for a little while. It's really weird. It's kind of neat to watch, but then you think, like, there's no way. My kids are not going to hit. You're reading the books, and they're like, 50 words at 18 months. We're not close to 50 words. And then they say, 200 words by two years? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine, though. They are using sign language more and more, and we got them a, we have one sign language DVD, but we got them another one. Dan got it. I think it was a Baby Einstein. I've never watched it, okay? We put it on in the car, because we have a DVD player in the car, and all of a sudden, you, they're coming out with these signs, like, they do the sign for bath, and I happen to know what that one is, so I, like, I saw it, I noticed it when they did it, but we were, like, going to bath one day, and they're both doing, ooh, the bath sign, and then... Ramsey's obsessed with balls. I mean, they both pretty much are, but I don't remember where we were. And she kept seeing this ball, and she was doing this sign with her hands. And she's saying, ball, 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 trying to say it, like, in 15 different ways so we can understand, and doing the sign with her hands. And I was like, I guess that's the sign for ball. <laughs> so I should probably maybe sit down and watch this DVD. It's cool. They're really picking that stuff up now. And it's nice in the car. They're a captive audience. They have to sit and watch it. <laughs> Um, and then we also let them watch Blue's Clues every once in a while, and they're getting so cool with the Blue's Clues. That's pretty much all we show them. We have a couple Sesame Street DVDs that we'll show them in the car, um, and then Classical Baby I've talked about before, which I love. Baby Einstein I'm not a fan of. We have a bunch of them, but I'm, eh, don't love them. And they were mostly hand-me-downs, so I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> but anyway, the Blue's Clues, they really like Blue's Clues. And they do, the show is very formulaic. They do the same little songs at the same time each show. And they do these little movements with the songs. And the girls can, like, do the movements. It's really cute. And my dad, <laughs> she said, Allegra says Blue's Clues is really funny. It's like, <laughs> And my dad's always trying to hear her say it, and, he, and she'll never say it for him. <laughs> it's sad. Okay, so what else? Well, I do want to talk about their playgroup. We have successfully gotten a playgroup started. There's a girl down the street whose son is four days older than the girls. And there's another girl down the street who has three kids who are like nine, four, and then the little one is 
15 months. And then there's a girl across the street from the neighborhood, and her son is a month older than the girls. So we've been trying to do playgroup about once a week, and it goes really well. It's very uh, nice, relaxing mommy time. I like to just veg and talk about nothing and complain about our husbands. <laughs> the kids are getting interaction. Of course, my kids get interaction every day, but it's good you know, to see the kids. And the one little boy, Jonas, he and... Allegra have really been kind of palling around. He and Ramsey were very similar for a long time and used to hang, but they were kind of the more active kids. And I think that they, you know, don't like each other as much anymore. Maybe for the same reason. They're too similar. But Allegra and Jonas really kind of get along. You see them, like, sitting and playing and laughing. It's cute. So that's been fun. That's a regular thing during the week, usually. So our weeks are pretty packed. There's pretty much only the one day when I don't have gym or play group. And, geez, we're always at the doctor and all kinds of stuff, so we have plenty to do. <laughs> and we start Mommy and Me in a week. This is our first real class of, um, you know, like finger play, singing Itsy Bitsy Spider, and playing with one of those big parachutes, that kind of thing. It's also at the Y, and it's just once a week for an hour through Christmas. So we'll see how it goes. I was talking to another mom. There's actually a two-year-old preschool program that starts, like we'd be able to get into it next fall. That's a mommy and me, but it's two days a week, I think. It's a couple hours each day, and it's kind of pre-preschool. <laughs> so I think we'll probably get into something like that. I, They are just bored almost all the time. They're sitting here right now in their playroom, and they're like mad to be in the playroom because they're bored. It's like, oh, we've seen all these toys before. We're done with this area. They cry when I put them in there in the morning, even though I'm sitting right here next to them. And it's such a project to take them out places, especially places like if I'm going to take them to the park or something, it's kind of too much to go by myself because one will go one way, one will go the other way. Like, <laughs> And it's not really safe. And like some places it's okay if it's not very populated or whatever, but to go out anywhere where there's people, that makes me nervous and I just don't need that. So right now, Allegra is playing with the Discovery Dome, which I talked about like six months ago, has turned out to be this awesome toy. It has this doorbell on it. That's what she's, she's pressing. She loves the doorbell. And I took it away for a month or two in transition of playrooms. And then they found it again because I put it down in the basement. They were down there. They found it. So I pulled it back out again. And they're still into it. Really into it. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little about what Allegra and Ramsey are each doing. Allegra, her big thing is kisses now. She's always been blowing kisses for a long time. And now she um, she just figured out like the kissing to do that. It's like the kissing sound. And she walks up to the dogs and goes... And, like, bends over, tries to kiss him. It's really cute. <laughs> and she just figured out how to kiss me on the cheek. So she'll come over and she goes, Mwah! And, you know, will kiss me on the cheek while she's doing that. Very cute. And Ramsey just picked up the blow kisses. And I think it's because she's been watching Allegra for six months doing it. She just finally figured it out. Allegra was always kind of the cute, let me cue it, strangers. I'm so cute. And now she really does the shy thing. She clings to my legs and she, you know, cuddles into my chest. And I think it's partially because she thinks that's cute. <laughs> she thinks that gets her good attention. 
Um, I don't know. She's going through stuff. She's emotionally, I think, having a tough time. Especially last week, she was just bad. She was just acting up the whole week, and I kind of decided it was an attention issue, and she needed some alone time. I babysat for a friend of mine, and that was the the woman with the 15-month-old, and he cried for like 45 minutes. He was kind of on and off crying, so I I kept picking him up, and every time I pick him up, a liker would like stomp around the room and throw toys around. She was very mad. <laughs> so I think she's just, you know, struggling a little, and she's been throwing these tantrums, the like lie on the floor, kick the ground, screaming about nothing tantrums. And the other day she did it. We were leaving the library, and at least nobody was around, <laughs> and it was outside. But she didn't want to hold my hand walking to the car, and I'm like, well, then we're not going anywhere. So she dropped to the ground and started kicking the ground and was screaming. And finally she stopped. And then she was just laying there looking around and kind of kicking her feet like she's like a 16-year-old laying on her bed talking on the phone, just like, la, 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 la. And finally Ramsey, who was holding my hand, walks over to Allegra and crouches down and looks at her like, what is going on? <laughs> it's really funny. Like, can we go now? <laughs> Um, and it didn't matter because when I got her back up, she cried again and we cried and kicked the whole way to the car. But I had the same thing happen with Ramsey three months ago. She had, she was insisting on being carried through the parking lot at, at the Y. Allegra would walk, I'd have to carry Ramsey. And it just got to be too much. I've got bags with me and, you know, I don't need to do that. So one day I had time and I just took a stand and we did the same thing. Kicking and screaming, it took 15 minutes to get the car, but it never happened again. She walks now at the Y, so... I figure hopefully I broke a leg or two. <laughs> she's also very, like, pushing the line kind of kid. Things she knows she's not supposed to do. She'll go over and do them. And she'll sit there and do them and turn around and just wait for me to watch. Like, she's sitting there staring at me until I notice. And then she, like, gives me this evil grin, like, now what are you going to do? And if I say, you know, Allegra, no, stop, get down, whatever. She's just sit there until I come over and physically remove her makes me crazy she's very good with the dogs she loves petting the dogs and giving them kisses and giving them little hugs and stuff but it it's kind of sad that dogs especially Lexi is she's a little skittish around the girls think she doesn't quite trust them too much Indy's really good with the girls like he'll sit there and take it for a long time but if he thinks that he could get any attention from me he's up and leaves the girls in a second so I have to be careful to like not look in his direction <laughs> so he'll sit with them for a while but and her other thing is just, she's more of a picky eater than Ramsey. Ramsey will generally eat anything I put on her plate, but Allegra, it's so touch and go, and it's different stuff every day. And she, when she's done, she just throws things on the floor. She's very kind of obnoxious, you know, like, eh, this isn't good enough for me. And the dogs eat it, and they think that's funny to feed the dogs. Okay, so moving on to Ramsey. Ramsey's very good at the puzzles. Oh, she's also good at, we have these boxes. I'll try and put a link on the website. My mom got them for us from this like crazy online place for Christmas. They're four boxes, red, blue, yellow, green. And inside the boxes is a ball, a red ball, a blue ball, yellow ball, green ball. Um, and they're like plush, a crayon, but it's like a big plush crayon. A animal so there's a duck a robin it might not be a robin dan always tells me it's a different bird and i don't know what i'm talking about um a turtle and a blue fish and then there's a piece of fruit 
a blueberry, which is like way too big. It's, <laughs> it's like the size of a baseball, <laughs> a tomato, a pear, and a banana. So anyway, you dump all this stuff out, and then they can sort by color. Ramsey is a pro, and if you put, if I say, oh, does this go in here? You put, like, uh, the red ball in the yellow box. She gets very upset and pulls it out and puts it in the right place. <laughs> and um, kind of along this line, she tends, seems to have some ADD tendencies. Like, she really needs the doors to be shut. Like at the library the other day, it was one of those handicapped doors, so it automatically opens and shuts. And it was open, we walked through it, and she went to shut it, but it, it wouldn't shut, you know, because it's, like, sprung open. And she was sitting there like, ah, ah, and very mad because it wouldn't shut. And she won't leave until it shuts. Um, and then she'll pick up things, like, she will go into our bedroom, and then if there's a stack of DVDs, she takes them, like, one DVD by a time into another room and comes back and gets the next one, gets the next one, gets the next one, has to get the whole pile in there. It's kind of funny, but makes me worried about her. <laughs> as far as things they do together, that will both of you say, Ramsey, give Allegra a hug. Allegra, give Ramsey a hug. They'll walk over each other and do this kind of goofy, awkward, huggy thing. <laughs> it's really cute. They're also biting. That was really bad for a while. It's kind of backed off, although during the podcast, Ramsey just bit Allegra. <laughs> Because Ramsey was playing with the old cell phone. Allegra took it from her. Ramsey leaned over and bit her. It's a frustration thing, definitely. Like, she doesn't know what else to do. Allegra will do it right back for the same reason. It's not nice. Although, it seems to come in spurts, and I think that they get the pick when the bite back happens. Like, oh, hey, this really hurts. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this anymore. And then I won't see it for a week or two. And then it happens again. It's evil. <laughs> but I bit as a child, so my mom thinks that's funny. <laughs> They're both, like, pushing, hitting, they fight. I'd say they play half the time, fight half the time. They're just not good about it. They don't understand the, the pushing hurts, the hitting hurts. They don't understand when they get pushed, not to push back. I'm having a lot of issues with how do you discipline them. Some of the books say time out at this age. Some of the books say don't do time out at this age because they don't get it. And some of the books say... You know, whatever. They all have different recommendations. So I've been trying the timeout thing. It doesn't seem to be doing any good. And my friend down the street with a boy, he's four days older, she said the same thing. He, he's not getting it. Like, you can sit there and make them sit and time out, but they're not getting it. I don't know. I think it's difficult. They say that kids this age, they're like too young to understand people outside of themselves. So they can't understand somebody else being hurt. So it's hard to teach them like don't do that and why because they don't get it you know so I don't know we'll just keep trying things I read more stupid toddler books about <laughs> theories on how to raise the happiest toddler and how to discipline them correctly and how to make them upstanding contributors to society <laughs> so far nothing's giving me too terribly much insight but all right so I guess that's about all for today. I know that was a whole heck of a lot, but hopefully I'll be a little bit more regular about this. My sister and I actually started another podcast, which is just a small part of the reason why I haven't posted recently, but if you want to check it out, it's called Married to Geeks at marriedtogeeks.com, and we just talk about what it's like being married to geeks and how they spend all of our money. <laughs> And if you want to get in touch with me about this podcast, please check out my website, Double Trouble Podcast at 
blogspot.com or send me an email at doubletroublepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, talk to you later. Bye.